Jerry DiPiano, and you are listening to the Love Mia Vita podcast. Our guest this morning is Dr. Judith Marin Costa. And Judith is an unconditional love coach, a seminar leader with a master's degree in analytical psychology, psychotherapy, as well as an MBA. She's also a consultant and teacher of the Akashic Record, a Reiki master, and I love this, a certified happiness trainer. Wow. <laughs> we all use a happiness trainer. Thank you for being our guest on the Love Me Avita podcast. And Judy, what did I miss? What have I missed about your amazing background? Maybe you could share a little bit more with our, our listeners. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be today here with you. And yeah, I love to learn. As you can see, there are other things, but it will be too long. The, the list of credentials, then I don't want to impress anyone. It just has been my journey. Uh, I am an astrologer and I do path life regression. And, and, but I was a businesswoman. I never imagined that we will be having this conversation about uh, these topics, you and me today. Um, then life puts you in this in these kinds of situations where you change careers, you learn new things, and what uh, it was just an interest or a hobby became your your passion. And and I'm here uh, helping others uh, understand what are their challenges, and I love it. How did you make that? How did you make the transition? You you indicated that you were a businesswoman. You have this background in psychotherapy and psychology. How did you make the transition to a happiness trainer? It, it was it was because I needed to. Uh, my background, my bachelor was in advertising and PR. Then I did an MBA, and I always had uh, the soul of an entrepreneur. Then I started working with my mother. She was interior designer. With my husband, that was in the real estate. But I was always unhappy. I was a good employee and I, I have many talents and I was earning good money. And astrology and, and, and this psychology and all of this was just a hobby, a way of knowing more about myself. And then my life fell apart. I started having problems with my thyroid. I was depressed. My relationship with my husband was not working and I didn't have any clue on what to do. I'm not the kind of person that just wants to go to a practitioner, uh, to a therapist and talk and talk and talk. I want to know the root cause of what happens to me. That's, that's why I did this master in psychology and psychotherapy, but I was already in Spain and I had a different business. And there was a moment where everything changed in terms of love. And I discovered the concept of soulmates and this will be a different story for a different podcast. <laughs> But this was the reason that made me make the decision to move to New York, where I became a certified coach in 2011. And I learned better English because my English was just business when I, when I arrived to this country. And I started lecturing and, and one thing took to the other. Then I started with Brian Weiss, past life therapy regression, because all of those were concepts that helped me help others to find their soulmates. That was the beginning of my career in New York. But soon I realized that we have major issues in relationships, but 
the problem that we all seem to have, me included, is that we don't love ourselves. And I hope that when I was so depressed and unhappy and I didn't, I didn't have the resources, someone like me now would say, Judith, there is a workshop, one day workshop on self-love, why you don't register and learn more about these things. But there was nothing in Spain at that moment. Nobody talked uh, about self-love, maybe self-esteem. And uh, I had to do my own journey. So we, when we think about this podcast, for those listening in, this is all about giving yourself some grace. And that is not a cliche. We often fill up others' cups, but we first, in order to do that, we have to fill up our cup. If it's empty, as the Grateful Dead tune goes, <laughs> nothing to share, right? Ripple. So yeah. there's nothing to share. So you want to make sure that you fill up your cup. And how do you do that best? I don't know. Honestly, I'm clueless. I'm I'm here to listen and learn from you, Judith. Yeah, self-love is a very interesting concept because it it's for me, I have I have a like an image that helps me understand. It's not mine, it's from a different author, but I like the way she explains that. Imagine that self-love is a tree that has a trunk and have different branches. And the different branches will be self-worth and uh, finding your own voice, self-expression, and also self-forgiveness. And related with this, uh, many other things, like how, how you have pleasure in life, how you have fun. And what we tend to do when we go through life, as you said, especially women more than men, we think that in order to give love, we have to self-sacrifice. When you do something again and again and again and again, it's what we call a pattern. Unconsciously, you have repeated this behavior that it's automatic, you go on autopilot. And we tend to do that. We put others first because it's what we have learned. It's part is cultural, part is learned, part is family patterns. Another option is the relationships and the experiences that you have had in, in, in love in general with your parents, with your children, with your partner. Then when you have to abandon this pattern of self-sacrifice and start loving yourself, what you do is what you say, I have to first see myself as a priority number one, be my cheerleader, my fan, and start looking at life with a different perspective where I matter. I understand that I am important. For a lot of people, this is difficult because they feel that this is selfish. But as you say, if you don't love yourself, what kind of love are you gonna give to others? What you give is resentment. There is a moment where you say, and who loves me? <laughs> Absolutely. And love it's inside you, not outside you. You know, we often think about how we treat a friend when a friend has made a mistake, when yeah. a friend is suffering. And yet when we are suffering and when we make mistakes, we sometimes self-loathe. Oh, we are so hard on ourselves, so mean that if you will talk to others, like you talk to yourself, they will run away from you. Nobody will be near you. And we have so many kind words and understanding and compassion for others. And we don't apply the same to ourselves. 
And again, now it's demonstrated that the brain has neuroplasticity that you can, you can learn, you can change. It's not as difficult as it looks like. I really teach it in a one day workshop. And yeah, there are people that want individual sessions of coaching, but there are people that in seven hours, they get it. They start living in a different way. They become happier and their lives are really transformed. Every area of your life will be transformed when you love yourself. Abundance, health, fun, uh, your career, your relationships, everything. So when you're in your seminar, in the, in the day, one day seminar that you teach, what are the key points that you emphasize? So what is the starting point for showing yourself grace, for living a more happy and authentic, a happier and authentic life where you, where, where you do care for yourself and, and where you do show yourself that self-love? Yeah, the way the, the, the worship works is, I mean, we have a presentation of PowerPoint, but I really like to customize and it's so funny how the universe put the people together. And there are a couple of issues that they share in every group, no? Even though it's a very vast uh, area, this self-love, but the first thing that we do is I'll explain them all these 10, 12 concepts that self-love includes and they pick three. Because if you try to solve everything at the same time, you get overwhelmed and you don't do anything. Then you see what is the most difficult for me. For, for a lot of people, it's, for example, self-forgiveness or self-judgment. They are so hard on themselves. Or for others is that they are so serious or responsible and they have forgotten uh, that, that life is to be enjoyed. Then once you have this, this two, three concepts that you want to focus on, we start looking about uh, what are the experiences, these unconscious patterns that you tend to repeat. And they show up, you don't have to go very, like, very deep in your dreams or do a regression, they show up in your life constantly. And you will see when you sacrifice yourself for others, when you put others first, uh, what are those things that you have in your programming? Like if you are a computer, not in your programming, in your mind, that tend to push you to act in a concrete way. Because when you identify something is when you can change it. Awareness is the key. And then you become mindful. Like let's suppose that, for example, this is true. Uh, I was... I am very analytical and I was very hard on myself. I, I wanted to be perfect because I thought that if I was like the best I could, I, others will love me. Then that puts a lot of pressure on you because you have to be constantly just doing the things that you are good at. You have to perform, you have, and there is very, this is very common nowadays. And what happens when you start applying some self-love into this kind of situation? That, as you said, you give yourself some grace, some kindness. You say, oh, Judith, it was not perfect. Next time will be better. It's okay. You are doing your best. Then you start talking to yourself like you will talk to your best friend. And then you relax. You say, oh, I can breathe. It's not the end of the world if this is not perfect. And you celebrate little accomplishments and you see that this is a, a process, like every baby step counts. And the more you do it, the more appreciative you are towards yourself. And the more appreciative you are, the more grateful you are for who you are. And then you have a wonderful relationship with yourself and you haven't realized that, oh, I did it. It wasn't so hard. 
are there are there techniques? So obviously, we'd all love to take your one day seminar or work with you as clients. Are there some techniques that we can begin to practice? Sure. sure. The most important, I think, it is learning some mindfulness. And there is a wonderful program that nowadays is free, but it has a price uh, from two of my favorite teachers, Jack Contrell and Tara Brack. It's under the website of Jack Contrell or Sounds True. Soundstrue.com is a publisher that has a lot of values. It's a 40-day uh, mindfulness. It's called Mindfulness Daily. But 40 days because you tend to like create a habit in, in three weeks, one month, a little bit more. Then it's when it becomes your, your habitual way of being. And why I mention mindfulness and learning is because it's very simple. It's not meditation that has this connotation of, of uh, spirituality. Mindfulness is for everyone, everywhere, any culture, any moment in your life. And it's a very short dose every day. They have a teaching and they have a practice. And it's really, even though I know this stuff, I did it twice. And every certain time I repeat it because every time I listen to it, I learn something new. And there are many, many tools. Uh, mindfulness is for me the most important because it gives you the perspective to look at your life but from certain distance without judgment. And that's what it's important. We are usually so near that we don't have the perspective. And I think that uh, no matter how we call it, mindfulness is a weird word, but this taking perspective and being more kind, more compassionate and more understanding, I think it's something that we all, all need really. But there are many other tools we can continue if you want. So when we, when, when we start this practice of mindfulness and you mentioned this 40 day program, we know that habits are sometimes broken, and they, but they take at least 30 to 40 days. 30 days is what I've often heard uh, to break a habit. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, you can't stop there. You need to continue to invest in yourself. But what if I were going to begin this process, does journaling help? Because sometimes when I do self-talk, it's not it's not necessarily very, um, it's, it's not very helpful to me. Again, the reason why, why I usually go deeper, and I, I only have 10 people per, per worship because I, I need to know where you are exactly. For some people, journaling, journaling is great. I have tons of journals. For other people, no, because what they do is they just vent, then it's a cathartic process, but it reminds them everything they don't want to go through. And the most important to love yourself is not to live in the past because it's past and to not to be in the future because it's not yet real. We have to live in the present. And mindfulness awareness is what helps us to be in the present. Then if, if I write all the things in a journal and that takes me to the past, then I'm going against the process. But if I like to write and it helps me to let it go of my system and then I can close the journal and say, okay, goodbye. I don't want to hear about you anymore because I'm living in the present. That's wonderful. Then coffee for everyone, it's very difficult. We have to be specific on how the person approach, what are their, their issues and 
And again, what areas of self-love you really need? It can be very different, the path of one person to the path to another. So with what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing you say is first and foremost, you, each individual has to take his or her own inventory. Yeah. You try to ascertain where is it that I am in need of help? Where, where do I need to help myself to grow, to, to reach this place where I can show myself grace and love? And then after that, the, the technique moving forward can take on a, a number of different types of tactics, let's put it that way. So in my case, it's interesting that you point out that journaling may not be the right way to approach it. It's the way that I have always learned. So when I, when I learn anything, any subject, I was the person that wrote in the margins in the textbook and then wrote it in the notebook and then highlighted it. Me too. <laughs> you know, I am very, I'm a visual learner, but that may not work for everyone. And, you, and the point that you raised about a rem, being a reminder, yes, it's a great way to study, but you don't want to study what's happened for, you know, the last however many years you are alive, you know, perhaps we'll, we'll make it 30 for the past yeah. few years. You want to close that chapter. So this is what the past was like, but you want to close that chapter and you want to really be thinking about today, not necessarily about yeah. tomorrow. And, and, and understand that I work with people that sometimes they are really traumatized for events in their childhood, for example. Oh, my mother never loved me. And I don't have any idea what this unconditional love means. And I have to tell them, okay, how old are you? Uh, I'm 42, okay. Then are you gonna continue blaming your mom 42 years later for something that she do, She did the best she could? Maybe, maybe she was not the best mom ever, but she did what she could. Then unless you are able to let it go and forgive her and forgive yourself for all these years that you have been resentful and sad and, 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 and maybe shame, maybe blame. Unless you release all these emotions, how are you gonna be in the present moment where your life is happening? And for some people, this is an aha moment. Oh, really? Yeah, you have to take responsibility for your life now. Nobody else is guilty. You are not guilty of anything, but you can decide to start a new life with every breath you take. Every breath is a new life. It's an opportunity to change. It's, it is something that we all tend to do, right? We think about our past. Our past you know, has impact on what we do in the present. For sure. But if you, you raise a good point. If you're constantly living in the past and blaming what happened to you in the past without thinking about how you can make that change, because we can, you mentioned the neuroplasticity of the brain. We think about the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. And those people who are in, ingrained, let us put it this way, with this fixed mindset, believe they can never make a change in their lives that it, it, it doesn't matter, that their past formed who they are today and it will dictate who they will be 20 or 30 or 40 years going yeah. in the future. I'm in, a, I'm in a movement when we heard again and again and again, even in the people in my field, change is difficult. And I say, no, it's more difficult 
to remain where you are, that it's not working, and being miserable in your life. That's difficult. Then I was laughing with a client the other day because she was talking about relationship issues and, and, and she was saying, yeah, but it's very hard. And I was saying, it's easy. And five minutes more, yeah, but it's very hard. And I say, no, it's easy. And at the end of the conversation, it was a one hour session. She said, it's very, no, it's easy. <laughs> then she got it. Like now in her system, every time she thinks like, oh, this is very hard. There is a voice that says, no, it's easy and you can do it. And that's what we need. We need the empowerment. We need to know that we are capable of anything we want to accomplish. That we are so special and so powerful, but powerful beyond measure that we, we don't have any other option than to believe in ourselves. That's self-love. And it's also, if I'm, what I'm understanding, this is also part of a growth mindset, the ability to actually move past what was in the, in the book, let's put it in the journal, yeah. yesterday. That day is gone. Today is the day we ought to be thinking about how to make those incremental changes that help us to reach our best self to love ourselves more fully. I often hear from friends and acquaintances the word stuck. I'm stuck. I feel stuck. Yeah. I'm stuck. I've been stuck. I mean, I've been stuck, you know. Me too. <laughs> last week I was stuck. And the question is, how do you become unstuck? And you you just you shared this one example with your client. It's tough. And that I, I've said that myself. Oh, it's tough to get out of this. It's tough to get unstuck. And you say it's easy. I think that uh, when you say it's easy, how is it easy? Tell, give me some. Again, it's an incremental process that let me tell those who listen or will listen in the future. I wasn't born like this. The way I talk is the result of little things that happen in my life being so stuck, but so stuck that I couldn't even make a decision to change my life. Then what happened slowly, slowly is that when you love yourself, let's suppose at 2% more, there is a new door, a new window of opportunity that is presented to you. And then things start looking different. And this is an incremental process. For example, let's make it like more tangible. A lot of people that, that come to me, they want this change. They want to be unstuck, but they need the resources. They don't know how. Then one of the ways is to accumulate these resources, this tool, and, and have a toolbox where you have different things that you can do in any moment. Let's suppose that you're going through a challenge in terms of work and you are working long hours and this is affecting your health. And then you realize that you, you don't know how to set up boundaries. You don't know how to say no to your boss. You are exhausted, it's affecting your relationships, you don't see your children, you're unhappy. Then this wonderful job that was the like the best thing ever becomes a disaster in your life because you cannot go to a person and say, I'm sorry, but I cannot continue stay in the office until 2 a.m. because <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be burned out. Then we will have to find for a solution. New challenges will be presented then if we don't know how to set up boundaries, we will have to learn 
that area of self-love. And setting up boundaries is, is crucial because if we say yes, 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 yes all the time, and we don't know how to say no, what are we doing? Sacrificing ourselves in the intent. Then it's not love anymore. It's something different. So when you when you think about the self-sacrifice, whether it is for your job, let's let's also talk about family. Sometimes, you know, we Oh yeah, children and partners and, and mothers partners, and partners, parents, de depending upon where you are in your life cycle, could involve all of the above. And you mentioned this earlier, women tend to be more of the individuals that do self-sacrificing. And then you build up the resentment. You know, we sometimes we talk about enable, enablement and codependency. And yeah. if you're codependent, then you have resentment. And the resentment starts to show up in different ways, but it does have an impact on you, on your health, on your mental health, on your physical health, on your relationships with others. So when we talk about the self-sacrifice, the self-sacrifice, which builds resentment, shows up and it yeah. shows up personally, but it also shows up in your relationships with other individuals. So we come back to the beginning. If you stop self-sacrificing and you show yourself, show some grace, show yourself some grace, you end up showing up in a better way for those that you love because there is no, there isn't resentment. You take care of yourself yeah. and then you can help to take care of others. Yeah, but again, this is something you have to learn and I learned it the difficult way. Uh, I married twice with uh, people that were very similar, totally different uh, individuals and beings, wonderful men, but that taught me that I was great at abandoning myself in a relationship. Remember, I, I started, I didn't know the word, but I started from a point of zero self-love, let's say. Then I had to build it. Then we, we fall in love madly uh, with one and one the other, but they were very self-centered. They, they had clarity on what this self-love, in whatever way they think about self-love means for them. Then I was the one that had to kind of self-sacrifice. It's not that they ask for, but again, you have an idea of if I love you, I will do everything to be with you and to make you happy. And then what happens that you do it again and again and again, and then, okay, maybe you are very happy, but then I'm very unhappy. And you have to come back home. You, you, you have to reconnect with yourself because your partner, the one, the person with whom fall in love and marry, not the individual that is unhappy and, and doesn't want to love uh, herself anymore. And with children, it's, it's sometimes similar. I, I have seen it in clients where we give everything we have and more to the children. And that's complicated and dangerous because we are showing also our children that this is the way to go. And children want happy parents. They want to be with, with, with you that you don't have to have everything figured out, but your energy will tell them, yes, I'm happy. I'm happy to be with you. I'm present and let's be together. And loving yourself is one of the more transformational things for relationships of any kind, any kind, friendships and partnerships and 
even in, in, in the job area. Because when you put yourself first, the others have to change. They don't have any other option than to change. And usually, if you think carefully about this, we tend to want that others change first. Like you don't understand me, then I'm gonna stop sharing my opinion with you because it's useless because you don't care about me and you don't listen to me and you don't, but do you listen to yourself? Do you care about yourself? You really give yourself the opportunity first before asking others to do the same? Usually not. We complain that others don't love us. I have seen it in many couples and we don't love ourselves too. Then if you want more love in your life, you have to start by loving yourself more. So doing things for yourself. I, I, had, um, I had this conversation not long ago with a friend of mine who asked me what I do for myself. So I work a lot. Uh, I do have a daughter. I have a husband. Um, my mom passed about a year ago, but I was spending weekend after weekend after weekend while she was in hospice. Yeah. I'm yeah. traveling, traveling four hours a day, and it was absolutely worth it. I, I don't regret that one iota because yeah. it, was, it was, sure. as perverse as it sounds, it was the best time of my life because we were able to finally bond. And my mom, in spite of the fact that she was at the end of life, was really happy because she did something that you just described. She put herself first for the very first time in her life. Yeah. She would tell you what she wanted. And it was as simple as I need, I, I, I need to have more makeup because I don't want to look like a dead cat. I need, I need to go out to lunch because I don't want to be sitting in this room all day long. But she would tell you what she needed and she was happy and you were happy to do that, right? That yeah. made you happy. But uh, my friend said to me, this is unsustainable. This is unsustainable. What are you doing for yourself? And I, I scratched my head and I, I thought, what have I done? I hadn't had my nails done in a long time. Hadn't had a haircut. I still haven't had a haircut in a while. Uh, I hadn't had a haircut in months. Hadn't really done anything for myself. And it occurred to me that my cup was, was pretty empty. It was pretty empty. So that was my, I had that epiphany. And I tend to be that person. I tend to be the person that, whether it's for my husband or my daughter or my godson or somebody, someone else that I love, close friends, I will tend to take that and make that a priority. And I don't make myself a priority. And, 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 and let me tell you that it's normal and it's human and it happens to everybody. And in the short term, it's necessary sometimes to do that when there are emergencies and things like that. It's in the long term where it has consequences. Yeah, it's, un it's unsustainable. There's no question about it. And, and I'm sure there are individuals listening to this podcast that can relate because they do run into those situations, whether it's an emergency, a personal emergency, emergency with a partner, a loved one, a friend, a parent. And you, you do have to put yourself 
in the position where you can be there for be a person for others. Yeah. But you first have to think about what are you doing for yourself? Because there are ways that we can nourish our souls while we are still being present for others, right? Yeah, well, let me tell you what, what happened to me when I really learned to love myself, no matter what. And I was already teaching this concept, but then I, I had a diagnosed uh, thyroid cancer and uh, it, was, it was complicated to, to get all the tests done. Then I went to Spain in a week, I had the confirmation that yes, it was thyroid cancer stage four and that I, it wasn't aggressive. Uh, it seemed that I was not about to die from that thing. Then I had uh, pretty much time to make the decision and I chose to, to try to heal naturally before doing the, the surgery because I really love my thyroid and I didn't want to just uh, like see it disappear. Mm-hmm. Then I wanted time. Then I came back to, to Miami where I live. And then it was, it was Christmas. Was Christmas was coming. Usually for Christmas, we were traveling to India and Spain. My, my husband is from India and I'm from Spain. And he said, yeah, but I want to go. And I don't understand why you don't want to go. And, and it's the only time that we have. And I want to spend Christmas with my family. And they okay, go. Why you don't go? And it sounds like, a little bit weird, no? That your partner decides to leave you with that diagnosis of cancer, but it was a blessing in disguise. It was really a blessing because I had the space to really figure out what does it mean to put myself first and to say, no, I cannot go to India because I have to figure out this thing. I have to eat healthy. I have to change my diet. I started doing sessions with healers three times per, per, per week. And I remember that I had 20 something thousand dollars in my bank account. I didn't care at all in empty the bank account in order to take care of myself, whatever myself wanted. I feel like listening to classical music, I'm going to a concert. I want to eat uh, this wonderful organic food, the best. I want to stay home and, and do my own schedule. I eat when I'm hungry and I sleep when I'm, it was the best year of my life ever. I end up doing the surgery and I'm, and I'm okay. Uh, and I don't have uh, to take any medication, but I had to put in practice what I was teaching to the level of like the maximum. Don't wait until tomorrow because your life happens now. And when you see you can lose it, it really, you, you start looking at your life with a different sense of appreciation. You start, stop complaining and start living. You, you have this precious minute, then use it, use it. And I mean, I hope no one has to go through this experience. And again, it was not as dramatic as it sounds, but uh, it's, it's much more difficult for other people that might be listening and have lost loved ones. But for me, again, it put me in a situation where I made changes, for example, going for a walk every day for an hour, going out of the house, that since that moment in 2016 have stayed in my life. And I do it the first thing in the morning because it's the most important. And I connect with nature and I do it because I want to. And no matter if I have clients or podcasts or important things to do, that's sacred. My practices, the things that make me happy, the things that make me feel connected, 
and on purpose are sacred and are the most important, are the priority number one. And then I have what you say, I have energy to, to share with others, loving energy. And I can show up in front of my clients being more loving and give them more. I love, I love the expression that you just used that there are some things that are sacred to you, to your ability to be fully present, fully engaged and feel, feel that you have, you have indulged in what is most important, which is yourself. It's a, the self-indulgence is really important, but it's, I like the word sacred. Sacred is really, what are, what are those things that are sacred? So when I, when I think about the expression that you just used, that will now be my mantra. What is sacred yeah. every day? Yeah. What, do you, what do you find that is most sacred? And we all have those rituals with, that are important to us that perhaps we take for granted. Which of those rituals can we, can we not, should we not abandon? Because those are the ones that yes. fill up our cup, right? So it fills yes. up for the rest of the day. And it helps you to sustain yourself through a, perhaps a more challenging day, whether it's with a client or whether it's someone you love or just, you know, driving in the car. And I know you've shared with us that, or shared with me that you've got a couple of mishaps and, uh, you know, with the car and, you know, how do you get through that? And if you didn't have those sacred things in your life, things that are top priorities for you, perhaps you would be less effective uh, in terms of getting through some of those challenges. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, again, I, I I didn't imagine that I can I could go through these challenges, a divorce, a cancer illness, and and now a car accident that had consequences, and all of these things without understanding that I am important and I I will find a way, and the universe will support me in finding the resources or the people or the doctors or the lawyer whatever it is that I need right now and you start living in in this world of synchronicity where where you feel guided and supported and you you are not alone anymore and you know that there is always a safe place to go that it's it's your heart that's home Judith I am so grateful to you for sharing your wisdom on this Vita podcast this is all about showing yourself some grace, showing yourself some self-love, and so happy that you have weathered the storms in your life, especially the more recent ones, the health challenges, and so grateful that you are here with us. Would love to have you come back as our guest to, to share more with our audience. Whenever you want. <laughs> Absolutely. And are there ways in which our listeners can find you aside from going to uh, Judith Marin Costa, but uh, coursework, uh, seminars, where can they find more information about you and the work that you do? Yeah, uh, in the United States, that's my legal name, Judith Marin Costa, but in the United States, I work under, under a pen name because in Spain, we have two last names, but in the US, when I say Judith Marin Costa, it's yeah. Marine is middle name, then you are Judith Costa. Then my website and all my work is under Judith M. Costa because Judith Costa was taken. 
then I put the M in order to have a domain. And, and it's funny, but uh, I stopped fighting and say, okay, Judith Costa, I like it, no problem. And the easiest way to connect with me is to go to my website, judithmcosta.com, because there you will find a list of all the classes, workshops, uh, private sessions, retreats, everything I do. There is a contact form with my telephone number and the email that you can, you can uh, use or just click in the links to social media. I would like that if you are interested in knowing more and receiving the blog or the gift letter or the information, just subscribe. There is a there is a space where you can subscribe, and usually there is a free thing. Now it's a meditation on self love. Uh, there are free resources also under the library and other meditations you can use to practice the self love that we have been talking about. And again, if I can help you in any way, just just connect with me. Um, I answer everyone. <laughs> well, you have you have one more subscriber right here, Jerry D. Thank you. <laughs> Piano will become a subscriber. This has been a pleasure having this conversation with you. And to our listeners, um, this was Judith M. Costa. And the topic is showing yourself some grace. So we'll end by saying, please continue to show yourself some grace, practice a little self-love so that you can fill up that cup and share it with others. Yeah, thank you and lots of love. <laughs> Thank you. Lots of love to you as well. Be well, and I look forward to the next time. We'll be in touch.